This program is brought to you by thepodcastfactory.com. Welcome back, Chiefs, to another edition of Copy Chief Radio. I have the Copy Chief himself, Mr. Kevin Rogers, the king of the Copy Chiefs. Did I say it as many times this time? This is my clap. I got the clap. All right. Oh, you better get that checked out. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kevin, what do you have in store for us today, man? Today we're going to talk about, I'm going to talk directly to the freelancers today. And we're going to talk about the one thing they need to do if they want more business. And it's sometimes a little counterintuitive. Uh, and we're going to talk about why that is and why they should need to get past that resistance. And it's all about specializing, Jonathan. Mm, I and, like that. Yeah. Uh, and it really comes down to this. Look, you know, um, there's a couple ways I think of this. When, when I look back over my career for a long time, I honestly had no idea what I was doing. I was just going on instinct, but I, I was at some point getting more and more well-known in the industry. And it used to surprise me when the only way I knew that I was getting more well-known and, and building up, you know, a, a good reputation was that I would hear it from other people. You know, I would talk to a colleague or a friend who I hadn't talked to in a while and they go, man, you know, like you're, you're really, like your name comes up a lot and, and people you know, people really regard you. And I think, wow, really? That, that's Because I'm not podcasting or doing anything back then, really. I'm just blogging lazily and sporadically, right? <laughs> no agenda whatsoever. Because I'm, I'm busy doing my freelance work. I'm not looking to be an authority on anything necessarily. Yeah. And so, um, and the other thing I was doing was I, I was very fortunate to make some high-level relationships in the business. But again, it, it, was, it was more purely driven by just wanting to learn from the master's. A lot like what you've been doing with your podcast, Jonathan, right? Like you always say, that's yeah. your motivation. Um, same thing. So, um, so, but when I finally looked back over, all right, what have I done here to get ahead, so to speak, was that, you know, I was, you know, specializing in certain things all along. And I, again, I just didn't realize it. So, so the first thing I ever specialized in was ClickBank uh, offer copy. And so the way that happened was, again, when you're starting out, you're just trying to get any client you can, right? Uh, and one of the early clients I had were guys who were marketing products on ClickBank, either in like the, the BizOp niche or maybe some health and, and fitness stuff. And so you know, within a, a few clients, uh, I got sort of lucky because I combined with a, with a person who had a, a good product and had good uh, JV backing. And I wrote uh, what I still think is a pretty good sales letter for him. And uh, it went to number one. And back in the day before you could really calculate how to get to number one, it was, it was a big deal because it, people really would credit the, you know, the copy and the offer and that kind of thing. Nobody was gaming the system quite as much back then. And so here's what's interesting, Jonathan. Uh, right around that same time, I, I had just gone full-time freelance, right? From like, I had been transitioning away from my day job 
And now it was like, all right, I officially closed the door on the day job. My sole source of income was freelance copywriting. And um, of course, whether it was my perception or reality, it felt like every lead in the world turned their back on me <laughs> and like dried up, like gigs that I was sure would go through, didn't go through, gigs that I had on the books, canceled or postponed, you know, and I was just in a panic. And so I just want to say, if, if you've been through this, just remember, sometimes what seems like the worst circumstances end up being the best because it forces you to innovate and do things you wouldn't have thought of to do in comfortable circumstances. And so what I did was I started reaching out to anybody I could think of. And I made the common mistake of creating like some BS reason why I suddenly had spots open. Mm. Yeah. I was like, uh, you know. Or why I was running like a special, you know, I was like, ah, oh, it's tax season and uh, <laughs> I had this tax bill I didn't expect. And uh, so as a result, my normally, you know, $5,000 sales letter is now only $3,500, you know, this week only, this kind of crap. And uh, nobody's interested. So one person I'd reached out to was a fellow copywriter. And he said to me, he goes, you know, I don't think I could recommend anybody on this because my price is about the same as yours. He said, but, uh, you know, it's, he goes, you know, you have the number one uh, sales letter on ClickBank right now. He goes, and everybody wants to know how to write a number one sales letter on ClickBank. Wow. He says, so, so why don't you uh, 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 write a report about what you did in that letter to make it go to number one? And I was like, oh, wow, really? I had never even occurred to me, Jonathan, that anybody would want to hear that from me, right? I just felt like I'm, I'm still kind of new here. I'm just figuring this out. And he's like, yeah, give it a shot. So I immediately learned how to work with like Adobe. Again, we're going back in the stone age here. You know, now we have Canva and all these cool things, but uh, I like figured out how to turn the letter into a PDF. And then I could write annotations on the side of it. I, I took this from uh, AWAI had like the only course going when I started. And one of the bonuses, probably worth more than the course in some ways, uh, is their, I think they call it like their greatest hits. And it's all these classic direct response sales letters that were huge winners. And uh, Jack Ford went through and, you know, annotated what was going on in each, in each letter. It's a gold mine. And so I just said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that with this letter. And so that's what I did. I just created this report. I basically, it's just me going through the letter, pointing out the psychology behind why I'm doing what I did in certain places. And then I put it out and I, I couldn't believe the response. People who I thought were way ahead of me in, in, in this industry and, and in their intelligence as copywriters read it and wrote to me and were like, dude, this is amazing. I learned so much from this. Thank you for, for putting this out. And I'm like, holy smokes. You know, it was like that moment where you go, oh, oh, I actually got something here. You know, like I'm, <laughs> I, I might kind of know what I'm doing. And, uh, and as a result, I, I started getting work from that report because people suddenly went from knowing maybe that I was a copywriter to saying, wow, Roger's now, because I was teaching, like that was the revelation for me. Like when you teach, you, you become an authority. If you can, 
if you can teach somebody just one little thing that they didn't know before, help them see it in a different way, or even sometimes just reaffirm what they thought they knew uh, and create that bonding moment, you're an authority. And so that was huge for me. So I became the ClickBank, you know, sales letter specialist and, you know, work started coming from everywhere. And, and that was amazing. And so that was the first time I realized, wow, you got to be a specialist. You got to call out what you do, what you do best. And at the time it was the only thing I did. Um, and then I'll, I'll be, I'll tell you, you know, I got so burned out writing ClickBank stuff. And this was in the heyday of ClickBank when it was like really competitive. And, and then people started pushing the envelope and it got kind of ugly. And I, I desperately wanted to get out of the, the IM sort of biz op space. And it took a while for me to do that because people just come and they, they want to pay you whatever they have to, to get you to work for them. And it's hard to turn down money. So um, anyway, then cut to uh, the 60 second sales hook. When I released that book, my big lesson there was now I'm specializing in something much simpler. It's just this one little formula that's going to teach you how to write, you know, your story in a way that most people struggle with. And it's going to come out clean and sound strong and create a great bond. Uh, and that was interesting there, Jonathan was now suddenly I had all this experience. Cause this is like eight years, nine years into my career now. And I've been a part of all these incredible campaigns. And instead of trying to be a specialist in everything I did, I just chose this one tiny little formula and I put a book out. And so then what happened was people started calling me the no like and trust guy, the, the, the hook guy, the story guy. Wow. And I'm going, wow, like I didn't even, that wasn't even my intention but they're right. That is what this book is about. And so now I'm getting calls from, you know, like these famous marketers and, you know, I'll get a Skype ping and be like, hey, hey, around, you know, got a minute. And I'm like, oh, wow, this person. Yeah. Oh, yes. For you, for you I do. <laughs> I'm really busy, but okay. <laughs> it's tax season. <laughs> and, and so I'll hop on Skype and they're sitting, it's like, hi, I'm, you know, Guru X is sitting there with Guru Y and they're struggling with their story for their upcoming uh, offer. And they go, who's, who would he talk to about story? And they go, oh, Rogers. We got to call Rogers, right? And I'm like, damn, this is great. Because now I'm just consulting on this one little, ad, and instead of me having to take on all the stress to write their entire campaign, I'm getting to charge them to just consult on one little part of it that I happen to really enjoy talking about and Sweet. thinking about. Right. So that's how I realized the power of specializing. Now, the, the, the lessons here, the takeaways are, um, you know, you, it doesn't have to be this is where people get hung up. It, it, it isn't everything you do, but it's something that you do well and really enjoy doing. Uh, that's the key. Part of you is going to say, yeah, but th then they won't know I do this and then they won't know I do that. And I'll be missing opportunities. You got to get past that thinking. Uh, just become known uh, for one thing at a time and your phone will ring because people will see you as that specialist and they will refer you much easier when you're a specialist. It's like, say you're an attorney 
or let's say a dentist, right? Anybody can go, all right, I need, I need to find a dentist uh, to get routine checkups. Okay, fine. Uh, but now you specialize, you see people that are smart. They say we specialize in, in cowards, right? Like mm. we'll give you gas when you don't even need gas. <laughs> You're gonna come here and get high and walk out with better teeth, right? So then that's a way to specialize, you know, or we specialize in, uh, you know, reconstruction or whitening or, or whatever it is. Um, and the difference is when somebody has a specific problem, you think to recommend somebody who specializes in solving that problem. It's a really simple thing. But you got to get past as a freelancer the idea that uh, people are going to miss all the amazing stuff you can do because it really just starts with that one call. You got to get on the phone with them. And, you know, nine out of 10 times when even if they're reaching out to you to solve one specialty problem, uh, you're going to find a lot of good clients who need your other services. And now that they've they already see you as an authority. They already trust you. You're able to deliver huge value in, in like a 20 minute call for them on your specialty. And then it's a very organic process from there to do more work together. So, so that's it, man. That's why you should specialize in, in the way to do it. If you're sitting there going, okay, but I'm not sure what I would, that's another thing, you know, people get hung up on what should my specialty be? Um, I would just like list out, all the things you've been hired to do, look through your past client role and say, which of these gigs did I enjoy the most? Which of these gigs produced great results for the client? Which of these clients have come back to me uh, time and time again? And what are they looking for? And it might be that some of those clients you really love working with, but they just don't pay that great. But then you have to assess and say, uh, is the problem I'm solving for them a common problem in the industry? And then that would make a perfect, what I call a bat signal talent, because when people have that problem, they go, get Rogers, right? Get, get, oh, Rivera, you want a podcast? You, do, you know, you don't want to have to produce your own podcast? How many times have I recommended you for this service, Jonathan, right? Because you're the guy. And so, and so that's it. Just, just, Use that criteria. What do I enjoy doing? And then just create a special offer or, you know, write a lead magnet, write a little book uh, about that topic and how you approach it uniquely, how your unique experience in maybe work you've done outside of marketing lends to your special ability to solve those kinds of problems and just talk about it. And suddenly you'll become known for that thing and you'll have this great new little revenue stream, a great new reason to get on the phone and blow people away with your magic trick. And through that process, you'll get some amazing new leads that will lead to bigger projects. Now, Kevin, I'm pretty sure you mentioned it a little bit earlier, but what about those freelancers out there who are hungry, starving, and afraid to push away business by being specialists? What would you say to those folks? I'd say, yeah, again, it, that's a, it's a counterintuitive thing. It, it, you know, look, when, when I see in certain places online, uh, job boards and stuff, people posting up, hey, need a copywriter for this. And I see the same people over and over replying to those, and no matter what it is, they're always replying. I can do that. I can do that. 
PM'd you, bro. PM'd you. <laughs> Do me a favor. Never say PM'd you ever again in your career. <laughs> that, that, I'm going to write a book. You know, with PM'd, PM'd Go you. poke yourself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Worst thing you can do is tell somebody you PM. They know you PM them. Why are you telling everybody else that you're desperate for work and you PM somebody? Just be cool and do. And, and so instead of having that energy where you're always chasing down the work and looking desperate, put some of that same energy. Just you know, an hour of your day, as our buddy Ben always tells people, that first hour is yours, and create some authority content around a specialty of yours. And I promise you, you won't have to keep telling people that you PM'd them, bro, uh, <laughs> because they'll be coming to you. I like it. I like it. So, Kevin, what do you have coming up for us next time? Okay. So, as you can see, I'm getting fired up. Yeah, already. you are. So, so, <laughs> so now, the next show, uh, man, this is going to be different and, and heady. Uh, there was a, a thread in Copy Chief that has been probably the most read uh, and certainly the most contentious thread we've ever had. You know, I pride myself on Copy Chief not being a place where people get into fights and stuff. And I'm proud that it, this didn't turn ugly, but it's a heavy emotional topic. Uh, uh, and it's racism, Jonathan. Wow. Uh, our man, Max, who we're both friends with, Max uh, Rousier. Uh, Max really, exclamation point. Rousier. That's right. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, really bright guy, really cool guy. Um, and he started a thread about racism and how it doesn't get talked about and, and all the stuff that's happening with pr police brutality. I thought it was really intelligent and it sparked a, a deep discussion that I've learned a tremendous amount. I think everybody who's been in the discussion and who's been reading it has, has really learned and evolved their thinking around this topic. And so it's not something that ever gets talked about racism in marketing. Um, we're not talking about is there racism in marketing? We're talking about how racism in the world affects relationships in marketing. And one of the amazing things is that sometimes your silence on a topic can be viewed, can be put in question, which wow. was my big takeaway. So we're, so it's going to be a deep discussion. One you don't want to miss. Of course, like always, I'm sure we'll have some laughs and have some fun, but it's going to be heady and I think it's going to be important. So I'm looking forward to it. Wow. Me too. So that is a wrap for another Copy Chief Radio. We will be back in your earbuds next time. You've been listening to Copy Chief Radio. Thank you for tuning in. If you're digging what we are laying down for you, then your next step is to go over to iTunes, type in Copy Chief Radio into the search bar, and when you find a show, subscribe. We will be back in your earbuds next week. This is the podcastfactory.com.